So we are still on Christ and Christianity. God's word works. God's word works. See, I'm thankful to God that I see these things. See, I, from my very young years of serving God, was one of the things I looked, I looked for, I look out to, to see. You know, I looked out for these things when I was growing up in God. I always wanted the real thing. I wanna, want I knew, I knew men of God who were faking, who were faking miracles. I knew, I knew there were men of God who were faking miracles. Some of them even fake prophecy. They arranged with the people. Uba, the castle, Ephraim, Abenaosa, Usra, Bonamke. A young evangelist I know, very genuine, with genuine miracles, very young guy. I was talking with him after Super Sunday. He was expressing how amazed he was at the miracles that happened. And I said, glory to God. So he was telling me about a church he entered. And when he got to the church, because he's a young evangelist, he honors invitations. I don't honor invitations. I like to stay in my church. All right? I've been, people have been inviting me, inviting me, inviting me. Just in case you are here, you want to invite me. I've given you an answer. I don't go anywhere. So because he's an evangelist, I'm a pastor. So pastor, stay with your church. So he was telling me about how he was invited to this church and he got there. Then he preached powerfully. Then when they finished, the owner of the church or the person of the church, they call him prophet something. When he got there, they said everybody knelt down when he got there. That's not a problem. Maybe that's how they, they choose to honor the man of God. That's, that's up to them. But then, the way they were behaving, he was said, this is really strange. Then, he started giving out prophecy. And one, two, three, you could see that he had arranged with the people. Then the next thing he did was, he said, there's a charm. Somebody has come and put a charm in the church. So he went around, went to see a calabash. People like stories, so see how you're all listening. <laughs> so he went to take the calabash. Then he said, then everybody was shouting in because there was a little tortoise in the calabash. I'm telling you the story as I heard it, okay? So I cannot be so dramatic. I was not there. Okay, so he took the calabash. Then he said, if he's a man of God, let fire come from heaven and burn the calabash. That he'll do what Elijah did. So everybody was, all of them were, were waiting. You know, you can imagine the people there and how they are. You know, wow, fire from heaven. Then, and the man took water, poured it on the calabash, poof, fire. Yeah. Fire. This young evangelist said, Something was not right inside him. He said, the minute the fire came, then the worship leader started, people were rolling on the floor in the church. So, this young evangelist said, he went to, when everybody closed, he went to take the calabash. 
you realize that there's a certain chemical that when you pour water on, it catches fire. Now the question, what I was discussing with this young man was, how long will you do this? Then he said something, he said, it's cheaper to fast and pray. No, because how long will you do this? Now, this thing happened like two years ago. As I'm talking to you, the church is not there. Because you cannot deceive people for long. How long? So I made up my mind, even though, you know, there were people, let's go here. Some even have to go to dialogue that I, I'm, I, was, I was not born again. I became born again. And I believe there's heaven. Then I'll now go to a fetish priest. I pray against demons. I'm now going to demons for what? People go to places like this to go and collect powers. Although people say, I'm going to collect something. You know I heard it. You know I heard it. They've been saying it. I'm, going, I'm too young for what I'm doing. At the age, they are definitely going to collect something. True. I've collected something. <laughs> you see, I decided that I wanted the real thing. That's why I like to share the word of God with you because I believe in the power of God's word. So that you can know that these things are real, these things are true. The things that the scriptures say are real, they are true. So I committed myself to the study of the scriptures. I committed myself to prayer. Prayer. In my very young years, I did a lot of praying on campus, at home. I did a lot of praying. Because prayer is one of the um, places that you can make inquiries from God. So I made a lot of inquiries. Lord, why, are there, why aren't there miracles happening as much as, I remember 2000 and, I don't know where, where you were. Some of you were maybe vying for cardboard monitor or something in school. 2011. You, you do the math. Check it. Some of you. Some of you too were actually grown. So. But some of you were actually. He has taken my food. He has taken my days. We're fighting in class five. So in 2011, I remember I was in class. I was actually in class. The lecture was not around. I began to weep. Why was I weeping? I said, the rate at which the devil makes people sick it's not the same at rate at which we are healing them. Because those times I was seeing miracles, but small, small miracles, like the back of my head was paining me and it left. But I was, not, I was not satisfied. I was weeping. I called myself for three days fasting prayer in my room. Nothing happened. Then I traveled. Maybe I've heard of Atria Mountains. I traveled to Atria Mountains. Nothing happened. I came back home. In my room one day, I said, God, you know, that's the, that's the main thing about God. When you press, you will find. When you press, Jesus Christ said, 
Ask and it shall be given. And he says, seek and you shall find. You press in, you seek. I sought. I wanted answers. I wanted real, I wanted real time things. I didn't want, you know, and I pressed in. I won't tell you that probably maybe the first three days I got answers. That's not true. I pressed in, I pressed in. So one time I was in my room and I picked healing messages of Pastor Chris. In fact, do you believe in miracles? All of you should watch that, that video. You should all watch that video. Do, do you believe in miracles? I watched that. Um, do you believe in miracles? As I was watching it, I said, Lord, as I watch it, you are talking to me. I want answers. As I was watching it, the Holy Ghost began to give me answers. As I observed, Holy Ghost said, okay, so observe what pastor is doing. Write it down. I wrote number one, this, number two, this, number three, this. As I began to pray, I can't tell you everything, but I had a very, very strange encounter. Very strange encounter. Few days after that, I had a crusade in Koforidia. Few days after that, I had a crusade in Koforidia. We couldn't take the testimonies. We couldn't finish taking the testimonies of people who were healed. If you seek, you will find. Maybe yours is not, maybe, you know, to be you know, doing miracles in every meeting, but for you to see what you want to see in your life, in your family, the things you want to, first of all, you need to know what is responsible for it. You need to know what do the scriptures have to say about it, you see? Because this word of God is real. The testimonies that happen in the Bible are real. They are real. They are real. They are real. You need to make up your mind that these things are real. And that God can, can chart your course in life to see success and glory throughout your life. That's if you subscribe to what the scriptures have to say about it. Now, We've been on the topic Christ and Christianity because I've been trying to get everyone to the basics, the very basics of our faith. So for some time now we've been about we've been talking about God. The first point I gave is that God is a spirit. God is a spirit. Now I've told you I said Don't try to add to your knowledge of God per se. Always make up your mind that you are ready to learn, learn and know the right thing, the correct thing. So the first one I said, God is a spirit. God is a spirit. The implication of that statement is so profound. It's a very implicative statement. When we say God is a spirit, it means that when it comes to things that have to do with God, everything will have to be approached spiritually. Everything will have to be approached spiritually. Sometimes we try to serve God on our terms, forgetting that he's a spirit. We don't serve God on our terms. We don't serve God on our terms. He's a spirit. God is a spirit. So we, the, the right questions, and like I say, the relevant questions is to be finding out what does it entail to deal with a spirit? 
I say something about man. The composition of man, make sure you're listening, is you are health practitioners. 70% water, 30% every other thing. Do you know the earth is also 70% water? So man is the direct representation of the earth. That's why the earth can be sick. The earth can be sick. Man is this direct representation of the earth. But there's something amazing about man. Of all the creatures of God, of all the creatures of God, man was very unique. I'll give you, for example, animals. Animals don't have spirit. Some say that, oh, my dog is there. If we go to heaven, we'll meet you alive. He's dead, he's gone. Animals have a soul. Okay, maybe I have to explain what spirit and soul are. Hebrews 4. Today, it looks like I'm preaching calmly. Is it, is it okay? Or I should bring ginger. I should bring ginger. People don't need to act exotic at all. Listen to them, a foreign preacher, please. Verse 12. Hmm. For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. I see. He says the word of God is, a, um, is sharper than any two-edged sword. Then he says the word of God pierces between Soul and spirit. That means there's a difference between the soul and the spirit. And only the word of God can actually give us the demarcation. The problem is that sometimes in the Bible, soul and spirit are interchangeably used. And sometimes the word heart is also used in place of spirit. And sometimes heart is used in place of soul. So how do you know? Usually you have to use the context to tell when you are interpreting scripture. You have to use the context to tell. Man in himself, you know, I'm, I was saying something beautiful about man. Man is a very, very interesting creature. Of all the creatures of God, man was very, very interesting. Man was the only creature who actually has the license to operate in the spirit and in the physical at the same time. At the same time. Man will, will deal in the spirit and deal in the flesh at the same time, on the earth at the same time, in the physical, the spirit in the physical. Now, the soul and the spirit, the demarcation here is that the soul is somehow, what I'll say, the conduit of spiritual activity. The soul is the conduit. What do I mean? It means when a spirit enters a man, that spirit can, the only way that spirit can express himself is through the soul. So, someone is being oppressed by a spirit, and the way that spirit expresses himself is that that person is depressed. Okay, take for example the young man who said he had a pain, he said he was cutting himself. Now, 
you are in pain. You are inflicting more pain. How does that work? That can only be the handwork of a demon spirit. The guy was being oppressed by a devil for 20 long years. For 20 years. And another way you know that the spirit is, he said it used to come every 3 p.m. Or 3 a.m. A.m., right? That's how demons also behave. They are cyclical. They come in cycles. And they are really on time. I know a lady who was oppressed by what they call um, incubus and succubus spirit. That's uh, the demons that come to sleep with people in the night. If you, if you, have you been, who has been experiencing that here? You, you sleep you, and, and something comes to sleep with you in the night. Let me see your hand. Oh, I want to do it for you sharp sharp. That's why. Okay, so everybody's clean. Oh, then we've been doing a good job. Oh, everybody fine. Okay, who used to have it and it has gone? Okay, ah, then we have been, ah, we have cast it. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Was it last year? Last year by this time, when I asked, many hands, I said, hey. Wow. Back to being calm. So, like I said, the soul is the conduit of spiritual activity. So, someone is being oppressed by a devil. The next thing the person is doing is, the person doesn't know why he's crying all the time. Why? The demon is expressing himself in sorrow. The same way, when the Holy Ghost also wants to express himself, because he's the spirit of joy, you just wake up in the morning, ooh, that is the Holy Ghost expressing himself. Because when we cut you into pieces, we'll not see Holy Ghost inside. So the way Holy Ghost expresses himself is through joy. And sometimes through peace. You're just so nice. People step on you and say, God bless you. <laughs> so when the Holy Ghost is not being very expressive in you, that's when you find yourself as a Christian responding to things as though you were not born again. You know, you lose your peace over trivial things because you are not, um, as it were, allowing the Holy Ghost to express himself. Unlike demons, Holy Ghost is very gentle. He always waits for your permission. You see, he always waits for your permission. But demons, they don't ask. Their time is short, so they have to act fast, quickly. And one thing about demons is, demons don't like losing their habitat. So, a lot of the time, you see people who are sick suffer for so long before they die. Because the body of the person is the habitat of the demon. So, the demon doesn't like losing his habitat. So, you see, a madman will eat whatever. He will never be sick. They will eat from the gutter. The gems that are destroying you, they don't catch it. They don't catch coronavirus. <laughs> Why? Because demons don't like losing their habitat. Because once the demon loses his house, he becomes homeless. And demons don't like being homeless. And once they lose 
their home. That means they cannot express themselves. So you don't know they are around. And demons like to announce themselves. So the demon of anger, when it's in somebody, always, you will never know he's a demon of anger. He wants you to know. So you just get angry, just find yourself doing things you're not supposed to be doing. All right? So that's the soul and the spirit. Now, like I said, the man is the, is the only creature. That's why um, animals, all right, cats, your cats can be very emotional. I don't know about cats, dogs, right? Can cats be emotional? I don't like animals, so, so I don't know anything about, I don't know much about animals. If I want to see cats, I have legs. I'm sure it's the Nigerian movies that did that to me. Because every witch, either cat or owl, I just, I just didn't grow up with animals, that's it. But dogs can be around their master, you know, that kind of thing, because of the soul. Because the soul is where you express emotion. See? The soul is where you express emotion. So the animals can respond in their soul, but they don't have spirit. Humans, on the other hand, can respond in the spirit and respond in the physical. So, man is like the bridge between the spirit and the physical. The spiritual and the physical. Look at Romans chapter 1 verse 9. Like I said, you don't serve God on your terms. You serve God on his terms. Right? He says, for God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son. You see, he said, whom I serve with my spirit. You don't serve God the way you want. He said, you serve him with your spirit. Because well, God is a spirit. Because God is a spirit, you serve God with your spirit. So when you pray, you have to make sure you are praying in the spirit. When you worship, you worship in the spirit. You see, your dealings with God have to be in the spirit. Because God is a spirit. Bible says... Um, God is the father of spirits. He's the father of spirits. So you make sure that when you are dealing with God, you are dealing according to knowledge. You are dealing according to knowledge, the knowledge of spiritual things. And it's one of the things that we spend our whole life finding out and learning. See, we'll never stop learning about God because he's infinite in his in his in his personality. We never stop knowing about God because you learn this thing about spirit. One of the major things that happens when a man gives his life to Christ is when after you give your life to Christ, the next thing is the Holy Ghost starts taking you through the school of spirits. It starts teaching you that you do this, you do that, you pray like this, you do that. So throughout your life, you can never arrive in your knowledge of God. You see this, you see that, you, you, you know, it's a very beautiful thing when you, when you actually study the, the scriptures. You know that God being a spirit is a key to accessing him. See, it's a key to gaining access to God. The next one was, God is, do you have your notes? The first one is God is a spirit. The second one is God is, God is light. God is light. God is light. And light is what you use to tell what's around. The Bible says light is, light is that which describes. 
Light is that which describes. Light is that which describes. That means any description the world gives about anything, any description that the world gives about anything is not the real description. The real description is what God gives it. And, you know, one of the ways you know that men have entered into corruption, one of the ways that you know that men have entered into corruption is when they begin to try to tell what is going on in life by their description. They say, no, this is wrong and this is right. This is wrong and this is right. I want to say something about good and evil. Good and evil are never obvious. Some things you call good are evil. Some things you call evil are good. Good and evil are never obvious. They, you know, sometimes we think that, uh, but this one is good. Sometimes, sometimes what happens is that we are colored by culture and tradition. Jesus Christ said, you have made the word of God of non-effect. Let me show you that, um, that scripture. All right, start from verse 10. For Moses said, honor thy father and thy mother, and whosoever cursed father or mother, let him die to death. Verse 11. But he say, if a man shall say unto his father or mother, it is command, that is to say, a gift, but whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. Verse 12. And ye suffer him no more to do aught for his father or his mother. Verse 13. Making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered, and many such like things do ye. Now, I don't want to read from verse 1. I'll be able to explain so many things that happened. On that day, something happened, and the people were, were um, telling certain things or doing certain things. Okay, there was a day Jesus Christ was with his disciples. And there was a, there's a thing about the Jews. They always have to wash their hands and wash their feet, something like an evolution, all right? And... Before they eat, they have to wash their hands. In fact, it's so serious that if they are writing a letter and they get to Yahweh, they have to stop. When they want to say God, when they get to Yahweh, when they get to Yahweh, they will not write Yahweh. They have to stop, go and bath. Come and write. That means if you write Yahweh 20 times, that's what? 20. We need to bring that back for some of you. Because you don't like bathing. If they are, when they get to Yahweh, you cannot write Yahweh without bathing. So, after a while, when they realized that the bathing was not causing skin erosion, not too much bathing can cause skin erosion. If you attend a secondary school like St. Peter's, you bat every fortnight. Is it every secondary school? DSTS. Pope Jones. Anyone from Pope Jones here? Bath regularly. Right, so the Jews will go and bath anytime they are mentioning Yahweh. They are, they are writing Yahweh. So after a while, when they realize the bath the bathroom was too much, they now change the Yahweh because they can't write the Yahweh. 
So they now write Hashem, which means the name. So instead of writing the name of God, they write the name. So everybody knows that the name is the name of God. All right. So they have to wash their hands before they eat. But the disciples of Jesus Christ, they pluck their corn straight. They are eating. So everyone say, ah, we have tradition as Jews that we wash our hands and our feet before we eat. But your disciples are eating. The Bible said they even call Jesus Christ a glutton. You've never seen it. They call Jesus a glutton. Let me see, let me see if I can show it to you. Matthew 11. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a man glutonous. <laughs> they said, Jesus. That means some of you think Jesus was fasting 100 days. <laughs> you are worrying yourself. After the 40 days fasting, <laughs> yes, they say, He said, The Son of Man came eating and drinking. He was eating and he was drinking. There are some of you ladies, you want to get married, but you are fasted. How can you fast 206 days? You are now looking like one. Who will see you? All right, look at this. It says, the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, behold, a man glutonous, and a one wine by They said he is a drunkard. A friend of publicans and sinners. He said, but wisdom is just for the children. That means my results speak for themselves. (laughs) So, the people were very, you know, they were full of tradition. And every time, don't do this. Hey, don't, hey, don't. Jesus Christ, why are you healing somebody on the Sabbath? They are not, they are not thinking about how God was able to release his power on the Sabbath. I mean, we should have rather used that to rate it. Say that, okay, we're not supposed to be working on the Sabbath. And to them, to be working on the Sabbath, I mean, don't pick your, don't carry your, your bed, don't do anything. Now, they are not thinking, God who said we should observe the Sabbath, release his power to heal the guy. They are not thinking about that. They are thinking about, no, 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 no. He has to observe the Sabbath. You're not thinking about the guy who was sick. And Jesus Christ said, the Sabbath was rather made for man, not man for the Sabbath. <laughs> there's, there's this testimony I, I heard, I think I shared during the midweek. A woman who came and, uh, to Super Sunday, she was sitting there, she said, hey, she did coronavirus. So, well, no, 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 the people around here are not wearing masks, so they should take it. I said, it's real, it's real. I said, so they told me, I said, you have to you take care where she'll be comfortable. So she was there. She came with a very serious sickness. A, a major infection that, you know, I don't want to mention where it was, but it was very serious. Fast forward, testimony time, she was in a line. Shala <laughs> Bakataya. And when she came there, her mask was down. I said, <laughs> Because they are not thinking about how many, you know, how many people were healed of more serious. A man who came there, we couldn't take his testimony. 
Four years, mouth stroke. He came with his hand shaking. The student carried him in there. He walked home. You know, and the, the, the tradition Christians will not thank you, Jesus. A miracle just happened. So it's okay, take your time. I'm not thinking about what God is doing, what the power of God is doing. They are rather concerned about they said we should not do this. They said So, the people were functioning in their tradition. So, people are so held up by tradition. Can you imagine that? The, the, Can you imagine that? A prostitute was caught in adultery and she ran to Jesus? Nobody in sin should run to a religious figure, naturally speaking. Am I right? Because the religious figure is supposed to be a judgment for her. How was she so comfortable running to Jesus? It means Jesus was accommodative of people. And she knew. If she ran to any of the Pharisees, the stoning would have begun there. The one she ran to said, Oh, they are coming to catch me. What did you do? I was with somebody. I did. Boom. You'll be, you'll be the first. But Jesus was accommodative. Jesus was not a man of tradition. Jesus was the Son of God. He brought the light of God on situations, not what men think. A lady came to me today. He said, sir, I have a tattoo. Not today. I think it was a week ago. He said, sir, I have a tattoo. I said, where is this? She showed me on her hand. He said, my mother said I should follow her to church. But I'm disgracing her because I have a tattoo. So I should cover it. I said, that is what religion does. It doesn't care. Religion doesn't care that the cancer is inside. It doesn't care that the problem is inside. Just cover it. We are fine. Just cover the, the foolish thing you are doing. Just cover it and just walk like a ghost on the street. And be religious enough. That's religion. So Jesus Christ told the Pharisees. He said, "You, you, 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 you behave like you are, you know, correct people." He said, "But inside you is a lot of filth. He said, inside you is a lot of filth." Jesus came to. Address what was inside, not the tradition. Not the tradition. God is light. You come to me with a tattoo. That's not why we are here. Jesus came for your spirit. You've already done it. Should we cut your hand? Look at this. And the Lord said unto him, Now do ye Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup 
and the platter, but your inward part is full of raving and wickedness. God is light. That means he shines his light on situations and tells you the true color. He tells you the true picture. I told you before, I said the color here is not white. The color here is not blue. The color here is not black. We are only seeing it like this because of the kind of light that is on it. The moment we put blue light on it, the color will change. So light, Bible says, this is the true light that lighted every man that cometh into the world. That means the word of God is the true light. So it's what God says about you that counts. That's the true light. Jesus Christ called it truth. 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 Truth is the word of God. He says, sanctify them by thy word, for thy word is truth. The truth is the word of God. The light of God, when it shines on a situation, it begins to describe it. Then God describes it. This is what I, I, I see about this is what. Look, human beings can call anything wrong and call anything right. You see, I was in a discussion with a young lady. I told her, I said, you know, she said she met somebody. She said she met somebody, and the person was saying, I know Pastor Enoch. I know him. I know him from years ago. He was like this, he was like that. I said, and so? And I said, if you come to my church members to come and mention any story from the past, they will continue the story for you because I've told them. I've told them. One thing about human beings, they never forgive you. They never forgive you. What they knew about you in the past, they will bring it into the future. Say, that is how you are. But that's not God. When you drop something in your past, God says he doesn't remember it again. So the next time you are praying, say, God, I'm sorry for what I said. What are you talking about? I don't know. He said, their sins I will remember no more. That means God loses the files. He, he purposely loses the files. He was like this. Come on, you come to me. Say, this person you knew two years ago. Uh, shut up and get out of here. Last week is even too long. Last week, you come and tell me somebody did something last week. He's a changed person. He has changed. You are the one seeing the error. You are. It's the devil who reminds people. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. He comes. I want to tell you something. You, the one listening to it, you are part of the problem. You are part of the problem. You are aiding and abetting. You are, you are a, a conniver of wrong deeds. Once the person comes to tell you something, one day somebody told me something about somebody I really respected. What the person said, hmm, don't know this person. He, has, he does this. I thought to myself, wait, pram, wait, pram, wait, pram, wait, pram, wait, pram. You know why? Because now I cannot. React to the person. I cannot see the person how beautiful you are seeing. What for me? What me? Once you come to me and you start saying nonsense, Libra to Kakuna, I will make sure you take it there. I said, I said, you are evil. See what you have done to me. You are evil. You have. You see, mm. okay. but 
will be merciful to the unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquity will I remember no more. Does God have dementia? You know dementia, forgetting things. God said, I will purposely forget it. Ladies and gentlemen, purposely forget people's wrongdoing. You are so full of somebody has done it, somebody so you don't have a pure heart. Now you're walking in life, you suspect everybody. Somebody must be careful around here. Somebody must be careful. God is light, you see? God is light. 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 He shines his light on situations and he tells us this is the real color. This is the true color. I would say this is the true light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. God is life, number three. Right? Is that correct? Make sure you write that. God is love, right? No, number three is God is love. God is love. I want to show you a scripture. Now, number two will help us with number three. Because you see, we are in a generation where 1 John chapter 3, we're in a generation where people like to define what love is. Now, let me say something about love. It's a very powerful statement I'm about to make. You might not think it's powerful, but it's really powerful, right? Love God designed that love should be the most powerful force on earth. It's so powerful that when the devil wants to get people's attention, he has to fake love. Because he knows that man does not resist love. The most difficult of people, the most... I've seen people that they do so hard, hard, show them some love, boom. I remember a friend of mine, I, I wanted to lead to Christ years ago. We only start preaching. He never listens. One day I was walking with him somewhere. I bought something, I bought something for him. You didn't even care that I don't follow you to church. You didn't care that I didn't follow you to church. You don't care that anything you say. The next day I said, Oh, my God, sorry. He said, My call. See, love is our best bet. It's our last card. You get it? Love is our last card. Our last card. When you try anything on anybody, try love. Sometimes people have, have done certain things, as, uh, as a pastor, people have done certain things to me that, you know, you, inside you, you, you're like, how can you do this? Like, how can you? How can you do this? And the people are expecting that when they come, I will react and I will say, you did this to me. Fire! <laughs> you shall never make it. You shall kissing the people. No, I don't have to. I don't have to. You see, I don't have to. I don't have to. I can respond in love. And let me tell you what I do. What I do, and it's always worked for me. The person who hurts me, I get closer to the person. Of course, I'm not talking about your foolish love that you have been loving that. So, so you'll be thinking that, okay, okay, so the boy who hates me, let me go back to him. That's fooling. That's fooling. That's fooling. It's fooling, all right? That's fooling. All right, what I'm talking about is someone has hurt you about something in life. When I see the person who hates me, sometimes I don't even address it. All you do is that draw closer to the person. 
in spite of what he did. Because love is not because of. Love is in spite of. See, when I see somebody, he just, you know, I remember one day I was praying on a park. As I was praying, there was this guy who was smoking. And he was spilling orange with a knife. Then God said, talk to him. Ha! This guy is high. Why did he use the knife to choke me? So I was praying. And you know when you are praying, God is talking to you and your heart is heavy. Talk to him. Talk to him. Shambalaba, shambalaba, shambalaba. Pray. As I'm praying, I say, preach to him. And where he's sitting, I have to. If you know GCB car park, you understand what I'm talking about. You have to pray in a circle. So every time I go and pass by him, smoking, smoking, you know. So I'll pass by him. When I'm getting close to him, I have to be beating. At a point in time, I say, Lord, because God will not even let me pray. He will not even let me pray. You know what? I just went to him. When I walked close to him, he started hiding the weed. Oh, Osofo, Osofo. I was shocked. I said, Osofo, I am preaching my meal. I am preaching my meal. So I told him, come, come down. I started walking with him. I held his hand. I held his hand. He felt so loved. Many of those people are just not loved. So they are resorting to different things to feel okay. See, show people love. Somebody, you just heard that somebody insulted you somewhere, gossip about you. You can tell the person, oh, I heard what you said, oh, but Charlie, we moved. <laughs> But anytime someone does something against me, I drop to the person. Because you see, I am now being poisoned. The moment I start being, hmm, this is the guy. This is the lady. Yes. Then the person came to gossip to you, that's the, that's the girl. That's the girl. <laughs> then, then you will be walking. No, now, the person who came to gossip to you is free or she's gone. You are now carrying the, anytime you see the person, your heart, boom, boom, boom. What's this? all this? When you see that that's wrong, when you see that something is wrong like that, maybe you just don't want to address the matter. What do you do? Go and buy something and that's the person. Oh, I got this for you. If the person truly insulted you, the Bible says, by that you will heap coals of fire upon the person's head. As a Christian, your greatest hallmark is love. See? It's love. Now, 1 John chapter 3, verse 18 My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue. He said, but in deed and in truth. Look at this. In deed and in truth. I want to bring out the part that he says, love in truth. I want to bring out that part for you. He says, love in truth. What does it mean to love in truth? To love in truth means love according to the word of God. Not like some people say today, you know, that allow people to love who they want to love. So a girl and a girl say they want to love each other. So allow people to love. Allow a man, man to. You know, you start saying something, say, you are homophobic. I'm a man of God. I don't understand this grammar you are speaking. All I know is Bible. All I know is God's perspective. This English you are speaking homophobic. I don't understand. I cannot love outside. God says you can only love in truth. 
So we don't define what love is. Only God's word defines what love is. Are you listening? So don't try to say, eh, and I love, this is what I love. You know, some people say they love animals. You know some people sleep with animals? You're you shocked. And they call it love. That's not love. It's a love in truth. So I said, number two will help us with number three. Because you see, in number two, you see light. Number three, you see love. Love is not defined just by emotion. Love is actually a spiritual thing. Love is a spiritual thing. So love is not all about being sweet and being nice. Even though it's very important to be sweet, always be a kind person, always be a smiling person. Be a nice person. But there's another dimension to love, which has nothing to do with feelings, which has everything to do with truth. And a lot of you, your parents showed you that love in slaps and in canes. It's love. The Bible says, he who the Lord loves, he chastens. <laughs> Yesterday, I was celebrating my mom's birthday. Oh my God, I remembered my father. He was the way he used to lash me. Because all my siblings, I was the most stubborn person. I was stubborn. They would lash me. Then I'll be running away. I'll run here. Then he'll go here. My father was very skillful in lashing. He'll finish lashing me. Then the night, call me for a meeting. Don't even say your dog. Hold on, why? I'll lash him. I'll catch him myself. But you see, years have come and gone, and I realized they actually loved me. They were doing it because they loved me. You see? They were doing it because they I'm not talking about parents who have anger issues and they are hurting their children, no. Because there's that. But there are those who actually lash you, you know, because... And the, something used to happen in my house those times. When my father is lashing me, my mother would be saving me. Hey, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. One day I show my mother pepper. <laughs> who will save you? Who saved you? But strikingly, something happened in my house one day. I saw a pack of papers in a part of the house. And I put matches. <laughs> I just light the matches and put this in the papers. Now, <laughs> now those times I've been seeing my father doing Holy Ghost fire, Holy Ghost fire. So I was coming, first I, I put the fire. Um, the thing was fire. I was trying to put fire, I was not putting fire. I said, Holy Ghost fire. I said, Holy Ghost fire. I said, fire in the area, I'm concerned too. So my mother came to see, she said, Oh, Papa, I better catch him. Whatever it is, I'm scared. My dad came. It was one of the few times as a kid I prayed and God answered. So I went to my room and said, God, I beg you. <laughs> if my father comes, don't let him lash me. So my dad came. When he came, usually my dad, if he saw something like that, you know, he came to see it. They said, they were reporting that. They said, they even added more I didn't do. You know what my dad said? Because I, was, I pretended to be sleeping. You know? <laughs> you all know, we all did it. I pretended to be sleeping. So, so she said, my dad said, when the catcher was on, I was so, I couldn't believe it. God, you answered the prayers. So later, my dad came, woke me up, woke me up. 
So I thought he was come to say, why did he? He said, where did he? Where did he? Where did he? That, that, that show of love, where he did not react to the thing, it meant so much to me. You see, it meant so much to me. There are people who, who do things to you that they're expecting that you are coming to say, you know, you have done this against me, it shall never be well with you. No. You go to them and say, it shall be well with you. We are friends, we are still friends. Yes, I don't come to my house, but we are, we are still my friends. <laughs> God is light. God is love. God is life. God is life. When God told Adam, the day you shall eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. Like the man of God, Pastor Chris, said, two things happened. Adam died that day in two ways. He died that day in two ways. How did he die? When, if you were in the days of Adam and God said, the day you shall eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. And you ate the fruit and that day you did not die. What would you say? Ah, God was lying. I will not die. Yeah, that means Lucifer was correct. You see, but there's something about truth. When God says this, that is it. If God comes and says today is Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen, check your calendar. Check your calendar. Everything becomes Tuesday. The day will not move forward to Tuesday, you know. Everything, the day becomes Tuesday. That's God. So, what happened was, Adam was separated from God. Now, that's what sin is. Sin separates a man from God. Because Adam was separated from God, he actually died that day. Because sin is not the cessation of life. Sin is separation from God because God is life. So, when a man is separated from God, that thing has, when something is separated from God, that thing has died. Because what happens is that thing has gone from its source. Remember, for example, on a tree, when it has to do with a tree, when you pluck a tree, um, a branch from a tree, it looks like it has not died. But it's actually dead. It's actually dead. Just put it down. Just give it time. That's what God did to Adam. Once Adam was separated, Adam died. Even though he had not fallen to the ground to die, he had actually died. Because he was separated from life. The second way he died was that Peter gave us the revelation. Moses also gave us that revelation. He said, a day to the Lord is a thousand years. And Adam did not live up to a thousand years, so he actually died the day. So he actually died. He actually died. God is life. God is life. If you want to, to, to be connected to what life is, be connected to God. Because God brings life into things. He brings life into what is dead. Remember the story of the bones, Ezekiel's bones. The bones were, the Bible says they were very dry. After he told Ezekiel to prophesy to the bones, and the bones, you know, um, became, flesh came upon the bones. Bible says they were still like corpses. Then God told Ezekiel, he said, prophesy to the winds. When he prophesied to the winds, the winds came 
into the corpses and they began to live again. Oh, that reminds me of what God did with Adam. He formed man. When he formed man, man was not alive. Then he says he breathed into Adam the breath of life and man became a living soul. That means the breath of God brings life. There is no life outside God. When a man is not born again, the reason why we chase after them is that they don't know they are dead. I would call them dead in sin. They are dead. That's why we chase after them. Because we know they are dead in sin. And when we preach the gospel to them, and they receive Jesus Christ, life comes back because they are connected to God again. And the next one was, God is a faith God. God is a faith God. The Bible says, without faith, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. You don't serve God at, his ter- at your terms. When you come to God, he said, for he that cometh to God must believe. Come down. Ah, oh, but it's a shouted scripture. He that cometh to God must believe. That means the one who comes to God is not coming to see if he is there or not. No, no, you don't come to God to see if he's there or not. When you come to God, he said for you to be able to see God, you must first of all come believing. So you don't come to God, I'm coming to see if we are going, if, if it will work. I'm coming to see it will work. I tell people, when people talk about tithe and say, prove me now here with, prove me now here with, prove me now here with. So, so as I'm giving, I'm testing God, I'm trying out. I said, God, as I give this thing, no, 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 no. Remember that when God was telling the priest in, in the book of Malachi that prove me now here with, he was talking to people who had not been paying their tithe. So they were stubborn people. So God Convincing them to pay tithe, said, prove me now here with. Now, we are not of the stubborn people. We are obedient people. So we don't have to prove God. Now, when you come into Christ, you don't try God. You trust God. He said, he that cometh to God must believe. So that means when you come with a skeptical mind, is God there? Is God not there? Is God there? God, you will never see him. Jesus Christ said, he said, uh, if a man is, is not born again, he said he cannot see the kingdom of God. That means the person will come there, but he cannot see. The person will come, but he cannot see. How do you see? The only way you can see the kingdom of God, the only way you can see the hand of God, the only way you can see God is that you put on the lens called born again. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, then your eyes are opened. There's a blindness upon the heart of people who don't know God. Because God is a faith God. Faith is not a leap in the dark. Faith is the lens that God gives us. So we begin to relate with God as a faith God. He said, he that cometh to God must believe. So we come to God believing. We come to God believing. So we don't come to see if he is there or not. Because he is not flesh and blood. He gives us the way we can access him. He's a faith God. The Bible says that he collects things which be not as though they were. That means when you walk to God and you ever see God talking, you will think he's mad. God will never... Imagine God, um, they gave you uh, um, uh, access to see the creation story. The day God was making him, he said, come and see how I'm creating. Come and see how I'm creating. Genesis chapter 1, I'll show you something. Come and see how I'm creating. Then God said, and God said, verse, verse 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Then, verse 4. And God saw the light. Now look at this. He said, God said, and God saw. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. He said, God said, God saw that it was good. <laughs> okay, go to verse 5. I won't put it in your mind. God said, God saw. Verse 5. 
And God called the light day. And the darkness, he called night. Go to verse 6. And God said, let that be. So you can see a certain thing. God said. So if you came there, verse 3, God said, let there be light. God, verse 6, God said. So at the time you come and meet, you meet God saying, light be. Firmament be. Trees be. That's how you come and meet God in Genesis chapter 1. You just see God walking around. Now don't think God does not walk. He walks, right? You said God, okay, around. Firmament be. Trees be. And you just go. Now, question. Where all these things appearing? The reason why you see, you think God is mad is that things were not appearing. Bible said, and God said, and, and Bible said, and God saw, not the things appear. I'll show you in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. The things he was mentioning were not appearing. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Verse 8. And the Lord, okay, go to verse 5. Okay, let's start from 4. Good. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Verse 5. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was no man to till the ground. I thought he had created the trees in verse 1. He said it was not there. Ah. In Genesis chapter 1, he had created man. What was it? And let... God created man in his own image. Right? He said God created man in his own image. In verse 5, he says that there was not a man. So, the truth about Genesis chapter 1 was, when God said, God saw, not it appeared. Oh, oh, oh. That is fake. He said, and what he said, he moved it from words into pictures. Because, you know, today I'm not preaching about faith, so let's not go there. Because the truth about, about, about the word of God is anything that God says in the scripture, for it to ever come out and become a reality, it will have to move from the states of just words into pictures. God is a faith God. So in Genesis chapter 1, if you were there, you were watching what God was doing, you said, this man is mad. This guy is mad. He said, light be, no light. Tree, be, there's no tree. What's wrong with this guy? He's just thinking. He's just talking. Nothing is happening. Ladies and gentlemen, when you keep saying what will happen in your future, people might not see it around you. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. I kept saying many things many years ago. As I kept say, saying, I was not seeing them. But none of those words ever wasted. None of those words ever wasted because as you kept saying it, as you kept saying it, as you kept saying it, they were going to the realm of the spirit. They were established in the realm of the spirit. Just like it was established in the realm of the spirit in Genesis chapter 1. Anything God said was established in the spirit. It was established in the spirit. In Genesis chapter 2, God now taught us what was now responsible for causing what was in the spirit to become a physical matter. It was the rain. Look at verse 6. Is that for God alone? So verse 6 said, but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. This is what is responsible for converting the thing that you have said in the spirit to become physical. It's called the outpouring of the spirit. 
God is a faith God. He's a faith God. He's a faith God. So when you're dealing with God, you're dealing with faith. Faith is not trusting God. It's more than trusting God. There's an element of trust in faith, but faith is not about. Faith is a science. Listen to the podcast, Three Nights of Faith and Power. I dissected it the best way it can be. Faith is a science. There's a science. It's called a theory of faith. Where there must be light. Where there must be understanding. Where it must come to words. Before it come. You know, I, I mentioned four things about, about faith. The, the, the four C's. About faith. And the problem is that people now go to the number four, thinking that is faith, when they have not satisfied number one, number two, number three, number four. What, is the, what are the four C's? First, faith, first of all, begins as a consciousness. It must, first of all, start as a consciousness. God must affect your mind. There are some things, for, for example, there are certain things God can never do for you until he has been able to get them to go into your mind. So, the moment you keep thinking you're a failure, God can help you. And once you keep thinking you're a failure, God cannot help you. So first of all, start as a consciousness. Number two, then it becomes a conviction. When, it, when you are dealing with consciousness, at that time you are dealing with faith in the mind. But when it becomes a conviction, at that time it all becomes a part of your spirit. At that time, like Paul said, I am persuaded. I am persuaded. Whom I have believed. He said, I'm persuaded. At that time, you, nobody can tell you anything again. I'm persuaded. Until you get to that face, it is not faith yet. Sometimes it can be a consciousness in your mind. You know the scripture, by his stripes I'm healed, but you are still not healed. Why? It is in your consciousness, but it has not yet become a conviction. How does it become a conviction? Your spirit must take hold of that word. Your spirit must take hold of that word. So if first of all starts a con- consciousness, then it becomes... A conviction. From conviction, now it becomes a confession. A confession. From conviction, it now becomes confession. Now, you know that you are speaking, not because you are speaking for it to happen. You are speaking because it has happened. When I wake up and I say I'm a success, I'm not trying to be a success. When I say I'm a success, it is now, look, at a point in time, the word of God affected my mind so much that when you say, when you ever call, call me, oh, poor boy, I will reply you. Even if I'm asleep, you can never convince me. In my dream, you cannot tell me that I'm poor. I will definitely respond. In my dream, if you have not gone that, if your, 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 your mates, your friends can tell you, hey, Charlie, we all broke. And you can say, eh? You are not there yet. You're not there yet. Whether I have money or not, that's not, I cannot, you cannot say I'm broke. I will never agree. Oh, this Ghana, we are all suffering. Who? And I will not disagree in my mind, though. I will disagree in front of you. We are all suffering. Please, say it for yourself. I'm not suffering. Hey, the economy, the economy. We are all unemployed. Hey. One time I went on Facebook, they said, all, almost all university graduates are unemployed. I looked at you, I said, no, my brethren. I responded, I said, no, my brethren. You know, my brother, my brother, no part. It's a conviction. To a confession. And I start speaking it. I keep saying it. Then the last one is, it now translates into confidence. You 
see. Now, people have counsel, number one. Number two, they don't know anything about the consciousness. They don't know about the conviction. They don't know about confession. All they know is confidence. I have faith. Vim, vim, vim. You see? So they are carrying a confidence that is void of a consciousness, a conviction, and a confession. Situation will come. It will knock them down flat because faith is not trying to be stop my head. Faith stems from the word of God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God is a faith God. God is a prophetic God. If God starts talking to you, I'm telling you, most of you, if God ever enters you and starts talking to you, you'll be thinking, God, you're in the wrong place, I'm telling you. You think, God, you're in the wrong place. God will start talking to you. He will start speaking from the future he has seen. He'll start telling you, you know you're going to count billions. That's a prophetic word for you. He said, when God starts talking to you, you say, billionaire, but you just ate gobe. And you didn't even buy enough plantain. You made the woman add more gary so that it can <laughs> rise. Then God says, hey, billionaire. <laughs> Don't go, God, you're not serious. You're not serious. No. Well, the sockets you're about to eat that night, there's no need Just more gary, more water, so that it can rise to the top. Small sugar, because you are taking a sugar level, you are lying. You don't have money to buy sugar. The granite too, you have increased. But God is speaking to you and saying, you billionaire. God is speaking to you and saying, you millionaire. Kill a makuske palakata. Hey! I said, you will never be broke in your life. Uh, I just felt the anointing. Man, takabai. Hey! Young people who make money look like sand. Kina kose kala sute ki. Zita kaya mutiki.